This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome in to this Monday edition of the Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in Mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy Humphrey, Brendan Schaefer, and producer Chris all here on a Monday. And yet another Monday after the Kansas City Chiefs got back into the Super Bowl. It's just like put it's just like putting on pants now every single year. <laughs> Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. I too you know? only wear pants once a year, but it feels good <laughs> yes. to put them on, doesn't it? Right. It really does. Yeah, sure does. Those Super Bowl pants. Well done, Kansas City Chiefs. To uh to get back to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. We're gonna talk all about it today and about, you know, their matchup now with the 49ers. Like we all expected, right? At this, at around a month ago, we all expected Chiefs 49ers again, didn't we? Didn't we? Well, I think we expected it as of, I don't know, halftime last night of the oh, NFC yeah, game. Yeah, right. I don't want to even be here today. <laughs> oh, but man. I'm supposed to be, so I'm going to power through. Ah. But how disgusting. I, I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk a little sure. bit about that as well. Yeah, but oh, both, my gosh, I am hurting today. Both championship games from. Uh, from yesterday certainly worth talking about so we'll talk all things nfl we'll also talk mizzou men's basketball the slide continues is it finally stopping this week it might be their best chance to stop it and if not then then when is certainly the question we'll talk some mizzou men's hoops at 525 i'll tell you what mizzou gymnastics had a great weekend toppling number three lsu on Friday night, in front of a record crowd, it was the biggest ranked win in Mizzou's program history in gymnastics, and their head coach, Shannon Welker, is going to join us at 425 to talk all about it, so that should be uh, really interesting, too. So uh, a lot of things to get to here on the show. Hope uh, Glad you're with us today. 875-KTGR, you can give us your thoughts on anything from the weekend, and a whole lot happens, so do so with a call or a text, 875-5847, or you can tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now the Big Show's Big Deal. Fourth time in five years that the Kansas City Chiefs have made it to the Super Bowl. They went to Baltimore yesterday and grabbed a 17-10 victory over the Baltimore Ravens and the you, well, we all expect to be the MVP, Lamar Jackson. It'll be his second one. But Patrick Mahomes himself had over 240 yards passing. He threw to Travis Kelsey, who had a monster day uh, in the end zone for that first touchdown of the game in the first quarter. Kelsey, 11 catches, 116 yards. And he surpasses Jerry Rice for the most career playoff receptions in NFL history. Kind of insane now that a tight end holds that record. Chiefs going to the Super Bowl 58 Sunday, February 11th in Las Vegas. It's a rematch of the Super Bowl from four years ago. They'll face the San Francisco 49ers. And that is the Big Show's Big Deal 
on this 29th day of January, 2024, 875-KTGR. If you want to call or text us, man, what a uh, what a performance by the defense, first of all. I thought this would be lower scoring than maybe the uh, the total would suggest, but not this low scoring. 17 to 10, 27 combined points with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson on the field. You kidding me? Come on. Come on. Isn't it crazy, too, the way it started? We thought we were going to get like a barn burner. Punch, counterpunch. Like, yes. Just incredible plays by both quarterbacks to begin the game. Uh, the, the, the Zay Flowers touchdown catch, you know, Lamar was doing it all on that play to keep that thing alive. And then Mahomes doing some similar things on the throw to Kelsey. That wasn't a touchdown, but even the, 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 the touchdown to Kelsey was just, I mean, amazing to tell me that. Travis Kelsey's lost a step. I think you're out of your mind. Like seeing that play, seeing the way he played all game, just racking up video game numbers was really cool to see. But yeah, the defense is really settled in and we didn't get that kind of game through four quarters. It ended up being a lot tighter in the second half and it made for a a somewhat contested game. Andy, but to me, it just never really felt like the chiefs were going to let that game out of their stranglehold. I guess that's easy to say when you have Zay uh, Zay Flowers pulling a McCall Hardman, Maybe the game is different if that doesn't happen at the goal line. Oh, but man. just incredibly dramatic stuff, even for a game that didn't necessarily you know, come down to the last play, per se. But a lot going on within that game. And the Chiefs, I just felt like, uh, were, were the better team. They were the, the more mistake-free team. And that's not something we've been able to say throughout this season of Kansas City football. Well, they're, they're the more mistake-free team, for sure. And there was a concerted effort also to... Get it into specific guys' hands. Get it into Travis Kelsey's hands. Get it into Rasheed Rice's hands. Nobody else had more. Than, get it into Isaiah Pacheco's hands, I should say. It had 28 total touches, by the way, for Isaiah Pacheco. He carried it 24 times. He had uh, four catches, too. That's, I mean, that's my seventh rounder. Andy, I Come missed on, wildly on, on Sky Moore last year, but I did not miss on Pacheco and wanting the Chiefs to give him more chances, and he's the dude now. That's really cool to see. Nobody else had more than two touches in the game. I mean, Justin I mean, Watson had one catch. Noah Gray had two catches. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had two catches. And a ca- okay, Clyde had three touches, technically. Because of the carry. And right. two catches. But your point is well taken. Like I mean, they, but if you were to your stars to have to be stars, out, you have to. You but have that's to how you your do stars. it. Yeah, right. If you're right. the Chiefs in this season with the the ancillary players being what they are, isn't that how you draw it up? If well, you were the Chiefs, and, and that's maybe it. the misconception that uh, you know folks had for for most of the seasons that yes, throughout a 17 game schedule, it's longer now since the last few years or so. They have to play an extra regular season game. It's a grueling time it's a lot to go through for about four months and so you have to rely upon so many other role players to to pick up the slack when maybe you have stars that are out here or there maybe your stars don't have uh, as great of games but in the playoffs you rely upon the people that you pay the most money to that you rely the most upon that that have the most talent and you stack them up against the other team stars, and it's very clear that Kansas City's core of players that we all that, that have the name brand and everything like that, they are still alive and well, and they're still some of the best at what they do in the league, even though the perception was all year long, oh, has Kelsey lost a step? Is Mahomes, uh, what's wrong with him? Uh, receivers, where, 
who else is going to step up in this room? Point is, nobody else has to because you can just throw it to Mahomes and, and Rice and Pacheco and, and be just fine most of the time. And the defense will pick up the rest of the load. So it's just, I, I think we kind of were pump faked a little bit by you know, the, the offense not looking as, as great as it did because the regular season, you got to get through it. And sometimes you have to rely upon players that you don't always rely upon in the big moments. And now they're doing it. Yeah, and I think that's true, and I think that works out, especially in a game where the defense just plays as well as it did. I mean, you yeah, you benefit from a mistake by, say, Flowers, which should never happen. Again, it's crazy that it continues to happen that guys will dive for the goal line uh, when we see the result of, of what becomes of that. And in his case in particular, it's a first down anyway if you go down at the one, so your offense has four chances to punch it in, but a guy's trying to make a play, you have to retrain your your brain as a as a ball carrier, not to do it that way. But, you know, outside of that, the Chiefs really did play a great game defensively. They they kind of had the little bit of bend-but-don't-break thing going on. Lamar ended up with his passing yards, especially in the second half. Uh, that 64-and-a-half that rushing yards for Lamar Jackson ends up going under. Andy, I think they did a really strong job of limiting him as a as a runner, as a guy who can scramble out of the pocket and can take chunk yardage with his leg, he goes 8 for 54, which you know you're not going to hold him to nothing on the ground. The fact that they held him below a, a total that I thought was a little high but but was still kind of the Vegas line on it, I, I think you can give credit to the Chiefs defense for that aspect of things as well. 875-KTGR, give us a call or a text. James texting in Zay Flowers, Bonehead of the Week Award. I mean, the, it wasn't just him, though. I mean, because, yes, he had a... Awful moment. Had the taunting penalty first off, like right, right, right at, on the Jarius Sneed. And that is that, karmic. <laughs> that set back the Ravens when they were trying and to so score. So Sneed do? And he so then Sneed the gets back at him and punches it out. But if we're being honest, that wasn't the only boneheaded mistake that the Ravens made in, these, in this game. Like, there were several other penalties that that uh, that set them back. Two roughing the passer penalties on Mahomes, which, look, everybody complains about roughing the passer. When you get punched in the face, uh, yeah, I'm those sorry, two, it's a yeah, punched in the face and helmet to helmet to the face. Sorry, those those are roughing the passer. There were no com- should be no complaints about the ones that happened yesterday, but there are still some because. Oh, know, I'm still seeing NFL. people talk about the refs. Oh, they just wanted Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl. They Come were going to make sure it. What game were you watching? Like, if anything, the Chiefs had directly points taken off the board by certain calls that were missed in this game. So I don't understand how the referees is the storyline after that one, yeah, personally. No, it, it should not have been. When there's a call like that, I mean, the most egregious call that I guess the the refs missed that would have helped the Ravens was, I guess, that pass interference where I can't remember who was held, but it, it oh, somebody fell down. And said, no, not that one. Not that okay. one. It was a third down. It was towards the end, and... Someone got knocked to the ground by, I believe it was a Chiefs linebacker, and Lamar threw to the sideline. Linebacker, could have been, it might have been a Raider linebacker. Might have been somebody else. It could have been, yeah, it would have <laughs> been the Chiefs. Uh, that one was was obviously missed and should have been called. Probably could have given the Ravens an automatic first step. Fine, but they're still down ten at that point. They still have to put it in the end zone somehow. They still have to complete the plays to to get it in and. There's no guarantee that that was going to happen. So it's not like a sort of 
end of game type of clear missed blunder by the officials that absolutely sways the outcome of the game. No, it's a bunch of little things that, you know, sure, it could have helped your team in the moment, but there's no guarantee that your team would have taken that opportunity and actually done something with it. It was back and forth. Refs missed things, but nothing agreed just enough to where it affects the outcome of the game. And again, directly, the refs missing calls led to po- took away points from the Chiefs. Yes, the play where Chris Jones was basically tripped. just like whiplash, tripped, tripped him, whatever you yep. call it, with the leg sweep. That's a safety. That's a, in the end zone. Uh, that's a penalty. That's two points in the football for Kansas City. So again, I didn't think overall because you're going to have missed calls in every game. I very much watching that game did not think, oh, here's a referee game. This is going to be a. We're going to talk about this like it's a ref show. And and no, I'm not saying that just because the Chiefs won the game. I just think, like, you had about the amount of missed calls that you're going to have in an NFL game. We do this every week, Andy. Every week there's something. Yeah. But in this case, I'm like, you know, it was, to, to me, clear that the better team won, that the Chiefs' defense was able to limit Lamar Jackson in a way that many defenses this season have not been able to do. And, and Mahomes and the Chiefs made their plays offensively early when they had to. Yeah, it would have been nice to see them add on. Uh, you know, does that kind of go back towards some of the concern that you had from earlier in the year when they basically weren't scoring second half points at all? Maybe that's something we talked about heading into the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that the Chiefs outplayed the Ravens. And if you're trying to pin it on referees or any of these other things, you're you're barking up the wrong tree as far as I'm concerned. 875-KTGR, call or text us with your thoughts on the Chiefs beating the Ravens yesterday and getting back to the Super Bowl. This was also really intriguing. So I I heard this on uh, Legarius Sneed was on KTGR last night on ESPN Radio essentially uh talking to uh, uh one of the weekend shows right after the game. It was literally an hour afterwards. So he was probably still in the locker room when he was uh being interviewed here. And he was asked a little bit about the Ravens making the the mistakes that they did and I got to be honest, I was I was kind of surprised to hear his answer. Take a listen. They was looking past us. They was already at the Super Bowl. They wasn't, I can say, they act like they wasn't worried about us at all. Mm. But, you know, we had the mindset in that we got to handle this game. And they didn't have the mindset. And they're a great team. Great coaches and great everything around the organization. I can say, man, we just came with a different mindset than them. Dang. Came in with a different mindset. Ravens look past us. You agree with that, Brendan? I mean, I think the Ravens thought they were going to the Super Bowl. I really do. I, yeah. Is that a direct shot at Kansas City? You know, I'm sure I'm sure it can be perceived in that way because logistically, you've got to get by the – like, that's the way this works. You've got to get by the Chiefs each and every year if you're an AFC team trying to get to the Super Bowl. Otherwise, they're going to go ahead and take that spot. It's sort of reserved for them. If you can unseat them, then you got your shot at it. But otherwise, you know, that – that's just the way this works, and that's not hyperbole. That is really the way it's worked for the past six seasons. With Patrick so the Mahomes Ravens, as quarterback, yes. With Patrick Mahomes as quarterback, that is not hyperbolic. That's how it goes. So if you're the Ravens and you're the one seed and you get to host the game, that's great. That's all fine and good. Andy, I had confidence that the Chiefs were going to win this game all last week. Was it because the Ravens, I thought, were overlooking them? No, it's more of like the Chiefs are the team of destiny if they're playing at their best. And I saw, and I told you guys, do I have great like analysis for it? Maybe not. But I saw them play at their best against Buffalo in Buffalo. And, and then I said on the show, that's my analysis as to why they're going to beat the Ravens. They're locked in. 
And so for the Ravens to, you know, not recognize the force of nature on the other side, I don't know if they took them lightly. It would seem crazy to do. Well, they were it trying would to play be. head games, but right, I mean, like it would be a John a John Harbaugh led team looking past somebody and not taking it seriously. It's kind of hard to fathom, right? Not just somebody though. You're talking about the team that you've everybody to get there yeah. has had to beat for the last six years, and they haven't done it more most of the time. And so they're not in the Super Bowl. Nobody else is from the AFC but Kansas City. So I mean, it's hard to fathom. But I mean. It, if we do look at how it played out, and and it bears out in the numbers too of you know the three turnovers and the eight penalties for ninety five yards and only running it six times with your running back all that's, game that's a panic like, play for the top rushing offense in the in the on. league that is a panic don't you think that they that they the game plan was bad for the Ravens once yes. they kind of got in yeah. the mouth a little bit because how do you how do you go in with that plan to only run the ball six times with your running backs when you're that offense that you've been all year? I can't imagine that that game, was Gus Edwards goes crazy. I can't like, imagine that that do? was how, what they went in with. Like we're only going to use our running backs like ten times in a game. No, they, they didn't panicked. get to that. They panicked. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that was not the plan going in. It couldn't have been. How could it have been when you're no this way. dominant team all year long running the football? I think they panicked mid like they just didn't like there were there were two first down runs that got stuffed for a yards gain and they got right. spooked by it. Like how? I though? think so. Like you had to keep yeah. doing it. Like the Chiefs ran it twenty four times with Pacheco. He didn't run all that well. Like he was under three yards to carry. But you gotta but, do that. Yeah, you, you gotta, gotta do it. To, it's the playoffs. Maybe not you gotta, 24 I mean, times. Uh, well, I mean, but but uh, obviously a team like the Chiefs that was in the position that they were, they were ahead. They're trying to manage the game out. That's kind of their yeah. that's kind of their recipe this year. Like you can and get ahead and have a halftime lead and then rely on the p- defense the rest of the way, and it works. You know what? Time of possession. Even when the Chiefs weren't scoring yeah. on their drives, they were possessing the football. Oh, yeah. And then Lamar gets it back, and I almost feel like, I don't know if that's Todd Bunkin. I don't know if that's Lamar. I don't know who it is, who's responsible for it, but it, that mentality seeps in that we're, we're trailing in the game, and we don't know the next time we're going to be able to get the ball back, so we can't waste it on running you know, for two yards on first down and uh, losing a yard on second down. Like I feel like that mentality is what seeped in, and like as a guy who likes fantasy football and all these things about high-flying offenses, I love it because they're going to throw the ball. But I think it in real-life NFL football, in playoff football, Andy, that hurt them because the Chiefs kind of called their bluff and they were able to almost take that thought out of their mind. Like They're not going to run the ball against us unless it's Lamar doing something crazy. And the Chiefs were able to kind of prioritize what they needed to do defensively, and it made life difficult throwing the football for Lamar outside of a few like splash plays that they were able to land. Yeah, insane. But I thought a great defensive game plan from Steve Spagnolo and and how they were Incredible. able to get that done without Willie Gay on the field, without yep. Derek Nadi. It's going to be even tougher though. Tough news: Charles Amenahu tore his ACL yesterday. So that didn't look a, good when it happened. Yeah, you're down yep. a pass rusher again. So I mean, it's it's going to be tough to overcome. But man, I I trust the Chiefs to have a, a strong enough game plan to where they can take care of this 49ers. Uh, defense we'll see but i mean it's it's gonna be interesting 875 ktgr call or texas now about the other game i mean no let's talk about the chiefs game some more chiefs game some more oh, i don't okay. want to talk about right. the lions right. yeah. come on eat your veggies brandon the chiefs are gonna here's what come i'll on. say about the other game the chiefs are gonna have a hard time against the mobile quarterback this this next game like that's the thing that maybe people just don't realize that brock Purdy oh he's is mobile evident. 
How many times did the Lions have a hand on him and they couldn't? It's Brock Purdy. It's not Lamar Jackson. It's Brock Purdy. They are bad at but tackling. Brock the Purdy foot. can scoot, man. Come on. No, apparently he can, and he played well in the second half. Here's the thing. Everybody's going to say that by going forward on fourth down, not kicking that field goal to make it a three-possession game again, Dan Campbell lost the game for the Lions. I couldn't disagree with that more. I, yeah. I didn't like Josh Reynolds just not catching the ball on first. Like, that's a first Looks like down. a great call if he just catches catch it, right? Yeah. It's a, the plan was good. The play call was good because you got your guy open and he gets hit in the chest. Where they lose the game, where I started to feel like this was going to go the other way, was when Brandon Ayuk just gets an absolutely gift wrap catch to the one yard, and he made an athletic play to catch it. Yeah. But how do you tell me that it's, it's not the guy hitting, getting hit in the helmet, defensive back for the Lions, popping the ball up to Ayuk so it's a gift touchdown on the next play or two, and that's not the reason that the Lions started kind of reeling. No, it's Dan Campbell's fault because he did what he did all freaking year, and the receiver didn't catch the ball. I understand that if they're up 17, butterfly effect, the game would have unfolded differently, but I look at that play and say, you got a 50, 60-yard catch on something that should have been an interception, and it should have been Lions ball again, run the ball, grind it out. Montgomery had a really good game. That play is what turned the tide more so than the decision. It's the type of decision the Lions have been making all year. And then later in the game, I mean, just it was like 15 plays in a row that the worst possible thing happened to the Lions. I'm talking about the punt that was a brilliant punt, and then they failed to down it because their feet are in the wrong spot. And then on the next play, they've got Purdy dead to rights, and he throws it to Kittle on the sideline or news check. Like, it just kept happening. And then you advance to the part where, again, the Lions have a chance to tie the game with a field goal, but they go for it on fourth down. I think you had to go for that one because of the situation. You're not going to tell me that the Lions are going to give the ball back to the Niners in a tie game and not allow them to at least get into field goal range. With the way that offense was rolling in the second half, Dan Campbell knew that he had to score a touchdown on that drive to keep the ball away from the Niners to try and win it right there. I had no problem with it. What I had a huge problem with is on third and goal, you're going to run the football and risk being tackled in the field of play so that you have to burn one of your three precious timeouts, and you need them all in order to expect to get the football back. And what do they do? They burn the timeout. They, they're unsuccessful. They throw a touchdown on the next play. And the, the, the Niners don't really have to worry about much at all because when they run the ball, they're running clock, and they know that the, the Lions don't have enough timeouts to do anything about it. If you had that third timeout, you have Jared Goff, a chance to lead a field goal drive with about 30 seconds left. And that matters. That was the one definitive mistake that Dan Campbell made. And you might say, well, he didn't call the place. You don't think he's talking to, to the offensive coordinator? Like, there is no world in which you can run the football there. None. It you can absolutely veto a run if you hear it across your headset and you're like, no, 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 don't do that. That's craziness. Yeah. That's where he. That's where you lose me. Again, the two field goals, do I wish they kicked? Yeah, now because I know they lost the game, and so maybe that would have you know, changed the mojo or something. But the players are responsible for, I'm telling you, 12 to 15 plays in a row that each play was like, hey, here's a chance for life to go good, and inexplicably it goes bad for like, 20 minutes of real lifetime, I was just in hell. And so it sucks that it went that way. But the real, the only Dan Campbell thing that I'm mad about is the fact that he allowed a run on third and goal when you knew you needed that timeout to get the ball back. It was careless. It was reckless. It was, you know, people say, oh, he's a meathead and all this stuff. That's that 
that's an example of, yeah, that just is bravado to think we're just going to be able to run it down your throat on the goal line and not need this timeout. Absolutely pitiful because, again, you could have also, it's a little crazier, you could have kicked a field goal, right? Like, yeah. in theory, you'd be down seven, yeah. you'd have all your timeouts, you could kick a field goal and then need a Hail Mary to win. I'd rather need a field goal to win, and I'm on the goal line. I might as well go for it on fourth down. They did. They scored. That was good. But to the way they handled that goal line sequence, and it, maybe the game was already over, Andy, but it really wasn't. We talk about it, one play can change it. Yep. If you have your timeout, you've yep. got the football back because yep. the Niners were going to let you have it. They're going to run the ball. There was and, no and reason to spend the time out there. There was none. none. Yeah, there was, it, it, so, it's not like, oh, they're there so we can use them. No. Like, I cannot believe how NFL coaches will be so like, frivolous with their timeouts throughout the course of a game. And it's infuriating yep. on just mundane plays like, oh, it's it's third and five, and we we got to spend a timeout here. Because, or no, it's first and ten. We got to spend a timeout here because we don't have our play call in, and we're about yeah. to get a delay again. No, come on. It's first down. It's five yards. 40 seconds at the end of the game is a lot more important than five yards now. It is infuriating sometimes how I coaches agree. just stay in that mindset. Oh, oh, don't lose yardage, no matter how small. Like, it's so dumb. and It is terrible. And look, I, I get it. You're right next to the goal. You're on the one. You It's so enticing to run it, right? You can just, you're such a good running team. You can try it. Try it on fourth down. Like, try it when it's yep. not going to, uh, if you impede want to. Yeah. your ability to stop the clock. But you got to throw it on third. Like, you have to know these situations. It just, yes, it costs, that did cost them a chance at the end, more so than the fourth down decisions. Everyone's going over the fourth down decisions today. And, and I get it. Like, the, like the, it, emotionally, it feels like because that didn't work out, all the bad plays happened after that. Emotionally, you make that connection. Logically, no. Did Dan no. Campbell going for it on fourth down and his offense, ah, you didn't get it. That causes a defensive back to just lose his brain for a second and, and fail to catch a gift duck interception from Brock Purdy? You cannot convince me of that. I'm more upset about those individual plays and the, and the coaching decision yeah. at the end than I am the fourth down again, rather the, than field goal. You stuff. have to play the alternatives, too. Like, a field goal is not automatic. Michael Badgley is not automatic from 40-plus yards. Not. I think it was 9 the, for 11 yeah, this year like, in 45-yard field goals. Like, it's yeah. not completely in his favor. So Moody missed a kick to, in that game right. for San Francisco, and he's a pretty good kicker. So... I agree. I it's just, I get it. Yeah, the discourse. Just wanna... I feel like a lot. Of, I have seen a lot of opinions like yours, Brendan. That look, no, the fourth down decisions; those are fine. the The third and goal decision to run it was the most egregious decision that Dan Campbell made, and was most detrimental to his team losing. It was, and I also, by the way, I liked the first play call on fourth down because, again, you put Josh Reynolds in a good spot. He just has to catch the ball. Catch the ball. Um, he had another drop later on. Just it, one thing after another. The second time, I didn't like the play design. They did a good job on TV of explaining that the the defense, Steve Wilkes, they kind of disguised that it was going to be zone, made it look like they were going to play man. But I just, when you need only a few yards in that spot and you got to get it, I don't need the ball going 15 yards down the field. Like, I'd rather there be more options in the short to intermediate than there was. Didn't love that play call. Didn't mind going for it. Absolutely loathed 
running it on third and goal. That I, I lost. No, again, the, the fourth down decisions are taking us away from the things that actually caused the Lions to cough that up. It was the it was the third and goal thing. It was the fact that, you know, kind of similar to the Ravens, they went away from running the football themselves in the second half. I believe between well, Gibbs fumbles, Montgomery, right? That, right, yeah, that Gibbs fumbles, it... so that's tougher. But you can give it to Montgomery. Like, he only got it, like, a few more times in the second half. He yeah. only had, like, six running plays in the second half compared to 20 in the first. And, you, and he had a yep. lead, so you can protect it by trying to run. So I just... Uh, again, and it was that such was a good hard. running team. It was a hard thing to watch for Alliance team. You, it was right there. You know what I found out, though? I found out that I do, like, when I say, hey, my Lions and all this stuff, I have an emotional connection because I felt pain in the first wave. Oh, now, why did you do that, Brendan? Come on. In a long, Now, why did you do time? that? Why did I do what? Why did you do that? You didn't have, have to. Have pain? Yeah. No, I know, but like. Over I, the I, Detroit Lions. Doesn't everybody want to feel something? You want to feel like you belong. And I like the Chiefs. I do. I'll be rooting for them in the Super Bowl because it's an easy over the Niners thing. But that was like, a good game. I cannot fake this emotional connection. I had a real one to the St. Louis Rams for a long, long time. I have been trying, but I have always said I can't fake it. But last night was the first time that I was like, kind of ruined my day a little bit. Like, it made my oh, day worse that the Lions man, lost, man. which I kind of like. Maybe right. it, it, we're. We're getting somewhere on this. We're growing. I guess so. My Lions. We'll be back. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, give us yeah. your thoughts. 875-KTGR uh, on either the NFC or AFC championship games. It's Chiefs 49ers in the Super Bowl. We'll talk more about that at 5.05. But up next, what a weekend for Mizzou Gymnastics. Biggest crowd they've ever had at the Hearn Center on Friday night, and they were they were treated to a big-time matchup, and Mizzou delivered as well as they have delivered all year long and even over the last few years when they've, this ha- when they've been having this meteoric rise. We'll talk about their big win over LSU with their head coach, Shannon Welker. Mizzou Gymnastics head coach joins us next on The Big Show. Hey, yo, lesson here, baby. You come at the king, you best not miss. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast. On KTGR.com. We're back on the big show. KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy Brendan and producer Chris. And man, was it an electric atmosphere at the Hearn Center this past Friday night. What a weekend it was for Mizzou Gymnastics as they took down number three LSU uh, for the program's highest ranked win ever. And we have Shannon Welker, the head coach of Mizzou Gymnastics, joining us here uh, to talk about it. Coach, first of all, congrats on the win. I'm sure it was a great atmosphere. You set an attendance record as well at the Hearn Center for a gymnastics event. Just what was it like to go through it uh, for your girls, first of all, and just uh, how the atmosphere kind of changed things for that uh, that big time meet? Yeah, that was, man, that was exciting in there. And, and not only to be down on the floor, but it seemed like in the stands too. So, man, just so, so awesome that we've been able to create that. You know, that, that environment that we had, that's what we see on the road each weekend. So for us to now have that home, true home field advantage and, and have people excited about Mizzou gymnastics, it, it was just a really a special evening. 
I mean, with the way that uh, your entire team, it seemed that top to bottom, there were several girls out there that had to, you know, set career marks to be able to uh, uh, to hang with uh, this LSU team, and, and they sure did. And going into the last rotation, uh, your team was actually down .15, but just the, in the final stretch there, to have the run that you did, especially on floor, uh, what was that like, and, and how did you see your team kind of bounce back from all that? Yeah, it was awesome. Well, you know, we started out really strong on on our first couple of rotations on vault and bars, and then we were we were we were okay on beam. We weren't our best, and um, you know, we we kind of rallied right there and said, "Look, great teams know how to rebound from just a little bit of adversity." And and so I challenged them, and they definitely responded in a big way. And so you know, if you want to beat some of the best teams like an LSU or like some of those other SEC teams, you've got to be at your best in order to do that. And I really feel like we we finished that meet with our with our best effort. Shannon Welker, Mizzou Gymnastics coach, joining us here on the Big Show KTGR and KTGR.com. I know everyone was just floored, no pun intended, of course, by how Kennedy Griffin, the freshman, performed uh, with her 9975 routine. Just uh, what did you see there with how well she did and how it, it really did help uh, propel you guys forward? Yeah, well, you know, you try to do kind of a stacking method in your lineup. So we try to put up, um, you know, we try to feel like, okay, hey, let's put up a really good kid first and let's put up our best scoring opportunity towards the end. And Kennedy has earned her way into that spot. She was fifth up for us, um, you know, out of six possible scores. So we had a lot of faith in her, you know, obviously by where we put her in that lineup. And, uh, man, just awesome to see that she could transfer from practice to competition in a big moment. And um, not surprised, but really excited for her. Yeah, and, and it, again, you kind of mentioned it there. It wasn't just, you know, the floor routines, which you had so such great scores there, uh, but but also on bars uh, to be able to, to do what you did. I know it was kind of close to a program high for an entire meet with how uh, your girls performed there. What did you see in those uh, kind of disciplines as they as they kept going? Yeah, well, obviously, you're right on the money, Andy. We we had to do our job prior to getting to floor in order to be in a position to do what we did. And I thought Bars did an, a, a fantastic job. I mean, that, that was really one of our best lineups of the year over there. And so really excited. You know, Kira Burns led us off so strong. And, you know, we had a lot of great performances in between. But everybody over there was, was fantastic and, and uh, sticking a lot of dismounts. So excited for what we're seeing um, in the other events as well. Shannon Welker, Mizzou Gymnastics Coach, joining us here on The Big Show, KTGR and KTGR.com. So, I mean, this uh, this win, of course, uh, a, a real uh, solid win, uh, as about as solid as you can find. And you you obviously do, as as you mentioned, uh, with the league that you are in, with how those environments are not a, a new thing across all of SEC gymnastics, with how you've uh, built this program up to where uh, you're competing with these with these big-time programs, what's, what's kind of been that growth? process like and how important has this year kind of been uh, to seeing that out in the end yeah it, it's been fun I mean I, I feel like uh, you know the last three three or four years we could see this coming and to see it continue to move forward and we have the support from our athletic department and all our support staff people it, it really is rewarding and um, you know if somebody wants to come in and change something quick at a, at a big time program like Missouri you, you got to it takes some time and takes some grit and it takes a lot of people to to get this done in a lot of years um, and so it, it was just man it really 
exciting to see this. I, we had some tough years there at the beginning, but we stuck with it and people stuck with us. And so just really thrilled for the young ladies that are putting in the work in our program. What about this group? Because, I mean, again, you, you have holdovers from the last couple of years, and they've been growing each and every year. But what about this particular group has has been so special so far? I mean, I know there's a lot of season left, but with the way that they're coming together and putting together the ranking that you have right now uh, and putting yourself in position across the, the rest of the country to compete with the best, just how has this group kind of stood out from, from maybe some of the other ones that you've had? Yeah, no, uh, you know, every year I feel like we get stronger, our culture gets better, and this year is no different. And we've got, man, we've got such great leadership. We got some talented young freshmen that are that have immediately bought into what we've, um, what we do here, and and we've got some leaders on the other end um, with you know Sienna Schreiber and Jocelyn Moore and Amari Celestine. I mean, and and you know our transfer portal, Mara is doing great. I mean, those those young ladies have a lot of experience and a lot of leadership. Leadership and um, you know, just a, a great group of young women, and just they work hard every day. And um, yeah, I really, I feel like this is one of my favorite groups I've ever worked with. Shannon Welker, Mizzou gymnastics coach, with us here on the Big Show KTGR and KTGR.com. Of course, as as we mentioned, with being in the SEC, it it's not just meets like this that'll be big ones on your schedule. You've got several more coming up. But what does a win like this, uh, I guess, for your group, uh, do for confidence as you get uh, further and further into the SEC schedule, where you'll have more top ten opponents to deal with? Some of them on the road, some of here at the Hearn Center. But just uh, what does a win like this maybe do for the rest of that schedule? Well, just confidence. You know, I mean, I think it it it, it gives. Um, you know, we always talk about having the, the most buy-in we can get. And certainly, I think our, our team is bought in 100%. But I think something like this, we get 110% now, right? Because they, they see the results of the hard work and what we've been preaching all year long and preseason. And when you get results and you have buy-in, that's the magic right there. And so I think, um, you know, it just really propels us and um, forward and, and just really builds confidence even more. Sure does. And uh, looking forward to, to how that goes. And of course, uh, next action will be uh, this Saturday at Texas Women's in a non-conference meet. And then the next conference one will be a, another big matchup at number seven, Kentucky on Friday, February 9th. So looking forward to uh, those competitions again. Shannon Welker of Mizzou Gymnastics joining us after the Mizzou Gymnastics team had their highest ever ranked win in program history over number three LSU at the Hearn Center by edging them out by a tenth of a point uh, on Friday night. Coach, again, Congrats uh, on the win uh, this past weekend. Thanks for taking time here on the Big Show to talk with us, and good luck the rest of the year. All right. Thanks so much, Andy. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Big Show is on at 443 KTGR and KTGR.com. I mean, when you talk about electric atmospheres, that was certainly one at the Hearn Center on Friday night, and it, it definitely did help uh, Mizzou Gymnastics to to get the scores that they did, which, again, that. Several of their ladies had to set career marks in in their routines to be able to to win that meet, and it, it all came together. It was pretty awesome to be able to vault them over the top. If you get what I'm saying, great work, ladies! I can't quite be, what, come on, that was gymnastics meet. Stop it. The vault is a category. Whatever. 
I thought that was what a good, you, what, you, what is that? Are you like yeah, a spray yes. bottle? He's, no. he's, he's, he's like that's he's a good sound. Spraying effect, a water actually. gun at you. Yeah, that's... I knew exactly what that was. Yeah. I have a cat. I she never responded to the spray bottle. <laughs> she basically would just laugh at us and drink the water. But I knew exactly what he was doing. That was well done. I'm giving the sound effect of the water bottle spray a nine out of ten. That was pretty Let's good. Go. And he had like a little. How about a nine point nine? That's what it is. <laughs> We're that wanting would, to get technical would, here. You know what? Like they that do in gymnastics. Really they go with the, the fire hose. So. <laughs> spray you, but there Come we go. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, under the bus is next. Well, we, we talked a little bit this about the, the run-in that Justin Tucker and the several Chiefs had, but also just the whining that we're hearing over the last 24 hours after that game. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. It's time to go under the bus on the Big Show. Well, when it comes to several things happening around the AFC Championship game, including before the game, I guess does Justin Tucker go under the bus for this? Uh, I mean, I so because the Ravens lost. Yeah, That's I guess so. Good. Yeah, I mean, it didn't work out for him. He, he of course, uh, was practicing on the Chiefs' uh, side of the field before the game stretching he had his helmet out spread out where patrick mahomes was wanting to warm up mahomes asked him hey can you move your stuff and he kind of moved it a little bit but not enough <laughs> like a couple <laughs> like and then travis kelsey comes over just tosses the helmet he's like i'm not asking uh yeah i'm i'm doing I'm just gonna do it and so uh justin tucker yes probably got the worst of this exchange he kind of laughed about it afterwards and tried to pass it off as no big deal which i'm sure it was to him but when you poke the bear, even inadvertently, this is what no, you get. stop. Right? You think this was an inadvertent? Of course it wasn't. How many years what do you mean? Justin Tucker? He did it on purpose. It was trying to get into his head, and he paid for it. Like, Well, kickers Justin can practice Tucker, on either end of the field. They've done that several times no, before. There's, there's decorum to this. You don't have any business being on the goal line. Like, if Justin Tucker wants to line up at a 35-yard line to practice a kick, Absolutely, he's within his right to do that. Even though that's technically across, you know, maybe half the field, whatever. You can you can do stuff like that. You cannot just be on the goal line when there's no reason to be and expect. Like if you're on the chief side, you're on the chief side, bud. My thought is that he did it on purpose to try and get into Mahomes' head, and I think it was a mistake. Well, if that was the case, then yes, it was a mistake. Under the bus. I just kind of thought it was a little bit more misunderstanding. Oh, oh, I'm seeing the horns down now from from producer Chris. Oh yeah. no, that's uh, he went to Texas. He okay. did. He hit a big kick more at Texas. More fuel to the fire. There you go. He hit a big I'm, kick I'm, I'm at Texas. By... His last A uh, and M and Texas game. He hit the game winning kick. Well, I'm sticking. It was by my him, kick. wasn't it? It was. Wow, that dude is old. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> what Which is why he it? should have known that he's not supposed to be on the chief side uh, at that point in the pregame. Gotcha. Under the bus to Ravens fans. Come on, guys. The refs did not make you lose. Just like Legereus Sneed said on radio last night, y'all were still living. Y'all were living two weeks ahead. Y'all thought y'all were in the Super Bowl already. They thought they were going to yeah, make Come on, man. Really That's what happened. Under the bus. And under the bus to Kadarius Tony. Man. A. It, we can't play it here because there are all kinds of expletives, but he went on Instagram Live, I guess, late last night and complained about how he's actually not hurt, even though he's been on the injury report the last however many weeks since he once again 
tipped the ball off his hands that resulted in an interception, I believe, against the Patriots in Week 15. And he claims that he's not hurt and that the Chiefs are shutting him out. Damn. Couple thoughts on this. One, if that's true, good on the Chiefs. He shouldn't be anywhere near the field. Well, no, not good um, on the Chiefs. You're about to get fined for that. But go ahead, keep going. Yeah, that's, no, that's fine. Eat the fine. Who cares? Eat the fine. Who cares? And cut him. I mean, he needs to be off this team, which we already kind of knew. But the other part of it is, how many hours of overtime would producer Chris have to work to actually cut that audio up and make it safe for him? Oh, wow. It would be just a bunch of bleeps. Yeah. The whole time, the whole thing would be. You bleeps. wouldn't be able to hear anything other than the bleeps. I didn't comment on this on Twitter because I didn't know for sure if it was real. It was so ridiculous. So enough of Kadarius. Well, no, Tony. listening to the, the audio, it was enough. It, yeah, I mean, it was just a blank, blank screen. Enough. I'm over him. Yeah. I, I I thought already that he was kind of this character concern guy. That enough. I'm re- I'm ready to be done with him completely after that. Under the bus. He had a kid the day before, by the way. Well, and that's what you're focused on, right? You just had a child, and that's what you're that's what you're doing on your Instagram live. Whatever, dude. He's I'm done with him. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports on the big show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. Celebrate those January birthdays with delicious handmade chocolates and candies from the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia. Online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. I mean, there were several sweet things from the weekend. It's hard to pick just one. But when you pass a guy like Jerry Rice on the all-time playoff receptions list that's worthy of it travis kelsey somehow (laughs) has more playoff receptions than anybody else in nfl history Ooh, ooh! can i tell you how yeah how the super bowl every year (laughs) yeah it's a very good good point yes yes (laughs) very very astute observation uh well done travis it does help to play a lot of games in the playoffs. He's the reason that they're making it so far into the playoffs yes. a lot of these times. So credit well, to him, yeah, man. Catches 11 yesterday, 116 he was awesome. yards. Are you trying to say the Chiefs are Kelsey merchants? <laughs> I'm saying that. Is that what you're trying Chiefs, to say? The Chiefs are because of Kelsey, are because of Andy Reid, are because, of course, Patrick Mahomes. And I'm giving Spags his his flowers, too. I mean, he's had a heck of a playoff. Yeah. They, they show up when they need to. And that's just been the Chiefs' M.O. So, I mean, just... It, Incredible, though, Travis Kelsey passing uh, Jerry Rice on that list. It's kind of inf- a tight end holds that position or holds yeah. that record now. They, they didn't say, you know, for tight ends. He No, Jerry no. Rice was a, the Period. best wide receiver, yes. and Kelsey passed him. I saw a comment, though, too, that was kind of funny about how the Chiefs have done what they've done for all these years. It was basically like the fact that Spags was like 15 and 28 as a head coach makes it so nobody ever wants to interview him again, so they just can keep him, like, forever. It's yeah. great, right? Yeah. Which is, is, is funny, but also probably kind of true, which is, it works out for the yeah. Chiefs that way. It's great, D.C. Everybody knows their limits, I guess. I remember. I remember <laughs> head coach Steve Spagnolo, and I don't remember it fondly. But, uh-huh. hey, he's great at this job. We like that. And how about another Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl? Just like 2020, right? Well, we'll talk about it coming up next. And Mizzou men's basketball continuing the slide. We'll talk about that at 525 on the big show.